Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the legendary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be here to help you be the best version of you that you can be. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it. Hey, welcome to the Johnny King live show. But I'm here with my man, Brent Ellis. Uh, and we met, we met through him doing some work at my place here. Really, really cool artist with what he does. And we'll chat more about how he got into that area. But welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And so I invited him just to come over and uh, we got into some good conversations when he was doing some work for me, some woodworking up upstairs in some of my bedrooms. And uh, the more we t- started talking about his story, I was like, holy moly, you're, you've been through some, some tough life things. And given that right now I'm working with so many men here in Denver <clears throat> through trauma, through depression, through maybe not even heavy things like that, other than just life isn't working for them or they're stuck in certain areas. Uh, a lot of times it boils down to, yeah, uh, us not necessarily processing things that have gone on in our lives. And then we, be, you know, we create maybe coping mechanisms that don't serve us in the long run. So uh, we'd love to kind of just jump into your story and sure, I'll uh, kind of maybe pepper you with some questions as we go along. But yeah. Feel free. Yeah. So where, where would you like to kind of jump into your story? Um, yeah, I think maybe if we just give a high level summary and then I can kind of just jump into the, to the meat of things if you want. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so yeah, like Johnny said, we, my wife and I, uh, started this small little business. It's wood, like a woodworking business and, uh, we've been doing it for about a year and I kind of stumbled upon this passion of mine. Um, if you were to ask me a couple years ago, (laughs) If I loved woodworking, I would be like, uh, I have no idea. I took a shop class. Yeah. Like, a, you know, in high school. I did too. Well, high, junior high, and I loved it. Loved really? it. Yeah. Oh, man. It was um, cool, but like, I just never continued with it. Right. It was real hands on, which right. I love. And um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of the story, but, uh, you know, I, I found this passion of mine for this woodworking through kind of walking through grief. Mm. Um, and they say that, uh, you know, one of the best ways through grief is actually creating stuff, Mm -hmm. um, just to have this expression of kind of what's going on inside and being able to have an outlet and, uh, it's just a good way to process. So my wife and I, we ended up losing our first son, uh, back in, uh, 2018 and we can jump into a little bit more of that, uh, story and journey. There's a lot in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say because of all that, we started uh, this small little business as sort of an honor to our son. Uh, we named mm-hmm. it the Anders Collective, and Anders is his middle name. Mm-hmm. Bennett is his first name. And it's sort of, for us, this emotional tie to our business. It's just a way for us <clears> to <throat> leave behind this you know, cool legacy and be able to share our story yeah. with a lot of people who... Yeah. Want to, want to listen we're not going to force it on anybody but there if you dig and mm-hmm. kind of pry mm-hmm. you know you can ask some questions and you'll get into some real material there <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and and what were you doing though before your business man you know i was in security software sales mm. so this technology world mm. and i wouldn't say it was the best fit for me <laughs> i did it for like eight years and yeah. it was a lot of hustle yeah 
just field sales. So you're traveling. I had 12 states I was covering, yeah. and I was traveling all over the place, whining and dining people to yeah. after hours, yeah. and it just got old. Oh, so sure. this is like such a shift <clears throat> for me. I mean, a lot happened in life, yeah. but then you know to have a slower pace, work with your hands, and have yeah. tangible results. Right. Right. Like that was so gratifying. Yeah. Because like you stare at a computer screen selling security software and you're like, what did I just do today? <laughs> right. Like how did I move the needle forward? Yeah. So like with woodworking, it's just this, I don't know, beautiful piece to see something transform and take shape. Yeah. Same with me. I felt like before I got into kind of being an entrepreneur and working for myself, I was <clears throat> working for a family business, but still feeling like I was selling widgets, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and little, uh, little things that sure, you know, the, the gratification came through a lot of times my significance of like, oh yeah, my, my name's on the building or my name's on the product because it's a family business. But beyond that, like, and that's the only reason really why I wanted to get into it because I wanted to be part of something that was more meaningful. Hmm. And now it sounds like you've created this business that has so much meaning and yet it's still connected with this journey of working through grief, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'd say we're continuing that journey. You know, it's, we're still in the thick of things. That's cool. Um, and so it's, it has been a beautiful way to continue that. How long have you been married? Uh, let's see, three, just over three years. Okay. So you yeah. guys were married for a couple of years and then got pregnant and yeah. 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 I'll just jump right in. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were married for a couple of years and you know, we, my wife surprised me earlier on in 2018, told us we were getting pregnant mm-hmm. uh, and ha- going to have, you know, have a child and. I was just elated, you know, I was overjoyed, everything that comes with, you know, starting and raising, you know, children and a family, and so you have all these hopes and dreams and expectations for how things should go, and, uh, you know, everything was great, we were having such a good time, we're over the moon, Yeah. until about week 20. Uh, Week 20 is sort of a a really big point in the pregnancy journey, um, where you get to find out... um, the gender on the ultrasound, you can yeah. see your yeah. baby moving and yeah. sort of know what you're looking at, yeah. you know, cause they do one at like 10 weeks and you really have no idea. You're like, what is this? Like, what am I looking at? Can <laughs> right. you point everything out? Right. It looks like a peanut. Yeah. Yeah. And so really that was sort of when our world changed. Mm. Um, that was a really big, heavy milestone in our lives. So we walked into that meeting or that ultrasound and we had no idea what to expect. We, again, we were just like on cloud nine and you know, the ultrasound tech really wasn't saying a lot, but she was like printing all these pictures and we're like, Hmm, that's, we don't know what to expect. We've never done this. And we thought everything was great until, you know, we got moved to the doctor, like a waiting room Mm -hmm. and the doctor came in and the first words out of her mouth were like, I'm very concerned for your baby. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I were like shell shocked. We had like no idea what was Mm -hmm. going on. And, you know, she, she said that, um, she's going to refer us to a specialist to get more information, but she's really concerned for the life of our baby. And we're like, we had no idea what mm. was going on. <clears throat> and without any information, you're just, I mean, your mind just for sure. plays all these scenarios. Talk about a buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were just like sobbing and didn't even know what to, questions to ask. Yeah. And so we kind of were whisked out of the building uh, down the fire escape because we didn't want to go through the waiting room where all these pregnant mothers are. People are all excited and have normal pregnancies. Yeah, yeah. And so we were kind of ushered down that way. And, and we didn't sleep a wink last, <laughs> sure. you know, that, that next night or yeah. that night. Yeah. 
and we went early the next morning to the uh, perinatal specialist where they did sort of a deep dive ultrasound yeah. and really knew what they were looking for. And that was a really hard moment. There was this dark room. Um, again, we were just like on pins and needles. It was super quiet. I mean, you could like hear your heartbeat yeah. in your ears, yeah. just this anticipation of like, what, tell me what's going on. Yeah. Like, is my baby going to be okay? Yeah. Um, what's the outcome going to look like? And the ultrasound tech, it wasn't the doctor. She said, do you want me to point out things as I see them? Mm. And we're like, gosh, you know, we're a little hesitant. We're like, yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. like to know. Rather know than not, I guess. And like she kind of went <clears throat> over one thing after another, like, oh, he's got extra fluid in his brain. He's got, you know, clenched hands that are turned in. Um, he's got, you know, there's some pieces of his heart that aren't quite normal and we need to do some... They some, can see all that? They can, yeah. Just from an ultrasound? Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's weird. They can see like some of the blood flow, like they can kind of mm. shift the mm. lens or whatever of the, wow. the machine and wow. see where blood's flowing, where it's not. And anyway, like one thing after another was going wrong, you know, they're saying is wrong with our, our son. Yeah. And... Um, I, like every there's something in, in me that like welled up and like I just wanted to scream and just tell my son like yeah that may be true but like I love you like you're loved yeah. like it doesn't matter like you're my son yeah. you know and um, so it, yeah it was like this really crushing news that we were getting um, at week 20 hmm. and from there you know we man there's like 13 more weeks of just back-to-back -back meetings with like the specialist and we went to the children's hospital to look at his heart more um, and really what it came down to is they diagnosed him with uh, trisomy 13 which is really an extra copy of the 13th chromosome which kind of causes a whole bunch of you know things to go wrong mm -hmm. um, and so this was a really I don't know, it was a really hard journey for my wife and I where, I mean, we're, we're visiting with like the NICU and trying to talk through like hospice, how long our baby would make it. And mm -hmm. it's a terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, but we didn't know how long, if he would make it to full term, if he would be yeah. born still. <clears throat> That's what my question was. Was there any concern that you wouldn't even get through the full, yeah. full term? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it was literally like a day to day journey. Wow. It's like his heart could stop beating tomorrow or today or three days after he's born. Yeah. Um, but usually they said, you know, babies with this condition really don't make it too far after birth. Birth is pretty challenging for them. Mm -hmm. Like either the lungs or the heart, you know, so, have a hard time yeah. outside yeah. of yeah. the womb. And so, yeah, it was really really tricky because my wife and I were sort of forced into this world of making these unbelievably hard decisions around our child. Yeah. It's like, okay, if he is born, do we want to just hook him up to all these machines and like that's sort of painful and foreign and not very comforting to him. Yeah. But if he's going to last a while, do we do that? Or if he can't feed, do we want to just make him comfortable? Like... I mean, those are sort of these heartbreaking scenarios we had to wrestle with. <clears throat> no doubt. And not to mention that you're still in a relatively, you know, early part of your marriage. You've only been together for a couple of years. Yeah. That's like <laughs> some major 
some heavy heavy stuff, stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it changed things for sure. And oh, I can sure. definitely talk about our relationship because um, it did change. And I think, you know, together we have changed. Our marriage has changed. But also individually, we've grown quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, you just, I, I don't think you can walk through this much pain and not be changed. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, no way. it does change you, whether yeah. you like it or yeah. not. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so really, like each moment of this, journey was a gift. I think it gave us a perspective that we wouldn't otherwise have. And, you know, every night, like we would try and read to him and, you know, I'd sing to him and the best experience I had is like getting, you know, watching him kick and respond to my voice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were praying with him and just trying to pray for a miracle, just begging God for a miracle. Um, And just really just trying to enjoy being a family. Mm -hmm. We're still family. We'd go out and people were like, Oh, it's so exciting. Is this your first? And little did they know, mm-hmm. like this, we're just carrying around this really heavy, heavy news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this dichotomy of really holding life and death all in the same, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with like joy. We're being, you know, he's with us and mm-hmm. this is so mm-hmm. amazing. And then there's this sorrow piece of like, mm-hmm. man, what's going to happen? Um, you know, this excitement and bitter tears, right. you know, all in the same breath, right? you know, holding this news that the doctor's giving us versus believing in a miracle and right. praying for that. Right. Right. So there's this weird balance. Well, and it takes, I feel like the things that we normally experience in this human experience <laughs> uh, between the joys of life and the sorrows of perceived death and you're consolidating into like nine months if that you know and it's just like yeah talk about a massive flow of emotions and oh man yeah (laughs) and then you're also supposed to be you know working (laughs) yeah keeping food on the table having a relationship with your wife you know vice versa yeah having a relationship with your friends and family and stuff like that um yeah did you go about telling your family Oh yeah, we we shared it with a lot of people, and yeah. that was another huge gift to us. Is yeah. so many people walked this journey with us and yeah. really carried our sorrow and just sat with us. Mm. Um, and a lot of people didn't try and fix or dismiss our pain, like mm. oh you know, everything happens for a reason. It's like oh great, I guess I shouldn't be feeling this way. Yeah, right. You know, it's like they didn't. You know, <clears throat> that was it was really a gift. Well, and what, how how do you deal with? Because I I kind of I totally resonant if I were in your shoes I'd be thinking about wanting to kind of screen the same things at my son when they start like labeling this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong um, yeah. and part of you would be like none of that really matters you know those labels yeah. don't matter just because you're loved Yeah. right which is so much of our human experience too because we're all adults and yet we all put, have put on labels yeah. on ourselves and so much of it is like no no you're still loved Yeah. no matter what you know and you have to shed all those limiting beliefs but how, how did you deal with telling other people? But to me, it's like if I tell other people, then it's almost like then I get all this collective energy who uh, people holding to this fact that the baby, you're praying for a miracle and yet you're also telling all these people it's not going to happen because this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a dichotomy that that's rough for me in my head to I know. It was out. so weird. Right? Yeah. I mean, believing that something extraordinary yeah. can happen. Yeah. And yet believing and planning like we had to we also in tandem were planning a funeral yeah like we couldn't just wait we had to make decisions it's crazy yeah here and That's now yeah. yeah about him passing and what we're gonna do and mm-hmm. 
So that was, yeah, that was really hard. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there is something really cool. There's the cool lesson in there of like just knowing that we're loved and, yeah. um, yeah, that all these labels, all these things that are wrong, like at the end of the day, don't matter. Like mm -hmm. he's my son. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how he lives up to my dreams or expectations, I love him. Yeah. None of that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so that was, yeah, that was really, really unique. Um, I don't know, just perspective to yeah. have. Yeah. When you said something else that made me, you know, just having never been through that, I don't have any children, <clears throat> but to realize again how much of a, certainly it's a traumatic event for mom to go through in terms of birthing a child, but you, you, at least for me, I don't always think about regularly <clears throat> that the child is also going through a pretty stressful yeah. traumatic event. We don't remember it, but we all have gone through it. You know, and it is taxing on the heart and the lungs and, and a baby's life, you know. So it's, yeah, just interesting to think that through. It's like, well, will it be, will it actually make it through, you yeah. know, uh, those first couple of hours or through, yeah, the, through no labor idea. and through the birth itself or, yeah. It really was a moment by moment. And yeah. we had some freak outs where we didn't feel them kicking or moving for a while. We'd like go into the hospital yeah. and try and listen for his heartbeat and mm. yeah it's just a not your typical pregnancy journey no <clears throat> yeah a lot of pins and needles a lot yeah. of fear yeah um and also peace too just trying to be okay with hey this is what it is we are not in control yeah. like we just there's no amount of money or influence i can have with the doctors mm. to mm. make this thing go away yeah right like it's right. just it's bigger than us yeah and um yeah and we just you know, we wanted to just honor his life and give him a chance, and um, I'm so glad we did, um, because we, I mean, we got so much in return. Like, I'm totally changed. Like, it was such a blessing to us in a lot of ways. Um, but eventually, at week 33, his heart did stop. Um, after a couple of different scares, we, you know, we went in, and he was still okay, but Luisa knew something. It was getting kind of close. I think he had started slowing down his movement and there was some fluid buildup around his heart um, and his heart did end up stopping and um, yeah we went to the hospital and gosh that was like the hardest but like the most beautiful and joyful day of my life mm. like because there's this anticipa anticipation of like I get to meet my son. Like, mm -hmm. who is this little person mm -hmm. Like, that has stolen my heart, that we've given so much affection and time and energy and, um, and just trying to love on, and you know, this little person. And um, yeah, it was like, it felt like just this holy moment, really. Like, the world stood still yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it was like so quiet. It was so weird. Because like, you're hoping and wanting and like, you... you see it in all these movies and things yeah. of like the baby coming out and crying and it was mm -hmm. like the quietest moment yeah and it's like he's here and we got to hold him mm -hmm. and like that was so precious but he already uh, passed yeah and he already had already passed mm -hmm. um they think about like three days prior mm -hmm. um to us going in and finding out his heart wasn't beating anymore mm -hmm. um and it was really i don't know we just tried to cherish that that time as much as we could um, and it was really beautiful and hard. We had friends and family uh, that were there, and mm. we got a lot of beautiful pictures that we can yeah. share with 
yeah. you know, our new son that yeah. we just welcomed into the world and um, tell him about this story and his brother and mm-hmm. um, and that was really but the hardest part was really saying our final goodbyes oh for sure like just that's exactly where my mind like, went to like what do you say but when do you have to give it up yeah, yeah. Uh, and he had already deteriorated a little bit since he had been passed away so we don't really get as much time as we wanted to um, but really just you know trying to say our goodbyes and then like the hardest part was just watching them like wheel wheel them out of the room in a cart mm-hmm. and just knowing you're never going to see them again yeah. you're never going to get to hold them again yeah. um, and all these dreams and hopes of you know bike riding together and watching him take his first steps For and, sure. For you sure. know are just poof gone yeah just so different yeah. so yeah. that was really really hard mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> to compound that after our stay in the hospital we're going home and we go out a back way and we get we're getting in the car and we see all these other moms and dads with their babies mm-hmm getting in their car they're all happy and there's smiles all around you know and and they're loading their brand you know their newborns up and yep. in their cars and we're like we're going home <clears throat> with empty arms yeah. we have nothing yeah and you know on the um when we got home like we just have this empty crib and empty car seat and it's quiet in our house and my wife's milk is starting to come in to try and support life so she her body thinks like Hey, I want to support, you know, mm-hmm. this baby I just birthed, and totally. and we have nothing. It's just yeah. like, how do you process all of that? Yeah, empty, empty arms, but full heart in different ways, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. You know, I think one of the most memorable pieces for me, uh, just my faith, um, kind of speaking to that in specific. Like we woke up and we were just worshiping the next morning and he wasn't with us we were in the hospital and he he, we already said our goodbyes and um i don't know that just did a lot for my heart we left the hospital that afternoon and i was like man you know we have we have nothing with us but my heart feels full if that makes sense so there was this interesting piece that we had it's like well we did our part yeah we were faithful we made a lot of good decisions around our baby we gave him a chance um, we thought through every possible scenario, trying to take care of him, make sure he's comfortable after he's born, mm-hmm. um, planning a funeral for him, mm-hmm. making sure he's loved, and yeah, kind of sharing his story. So I think we, I don't know, I don't have any regrets about like, man, I wish we would have no, yeah, done X, Y, and Z. Well, and I and I think the <clears throat> the challenge becomes in all of our lives the comparison game, you yeah, know, of like you said. Um, comparing yourself with those that were walking home with with their newborn, you know, oh, man. and starting the next chapter. But like, if you if you just looked at the things that you guys took from this as as the positive, as your glass is half full, right? Yeah. Um, how could you have ever wished anything different um, from that experience? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's the hard part, though, is that. How do you have that perspective? Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah, the, the fire, so to speak, you know? That's the hard thing to do when you're in that moment and you're looking at everything else and not want, not coveting <laughs> what yeah. other people have, you know? That was really hard, especially yeah. afterward. You'd go out and see, and you'd have all these painful reminders. Yeah. You know, the holidays were coming. 
um, you know, because this was in September and everyone's getting ready for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and Christmas and mm -hmm. stuff. It's so like every milestone mm -hmm. was just like painful. Yeah. Like, wow, everyone gets to celebrate and be happy with their right. family. And right. Well, I also wonder too, I mean, I think the, the fear then too uh, is just thinking about, okay, do when do we get back on the horse? When do we uh, attempt and, and can we have children again? You have to have that conversation. You know, is, was there anything, you know, I, I just yeah. cannot even imagine what women feel, especially going through that. You know, it's hard for a father. Yeah. You know, and I know other um, people who have gone through a similar experience to you. Um, mm. And then you start to wonder like, okay, I'd like to do this again, but uh, do we have what it takes? <laughs> can we go through this? Can we go through it potentially again? Yeah. Happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling there. I mean, there's a, such an emotional journey. I yeah. mean, especially with my wife, Louisa. She, I mean, she had such a different connection to him. Mm. You know, she gets to carry him and feel him every day, like moving. And mm -hmm. yeah, it did look di different than, than my experience with him. For sure. Um, For and sure. yeah, to try and process like, man, do I want to put my body through this again? Right. And right. the emotional, right. you know, yeah. questions of, you know, is this going to work out? Is it not? Yeah. And we did get tested. It was sort of a fluke thing. It's like a one in, I think, 30,000 chance that something like this would happen. It's just kind of a fluke deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we did. Um, we <laughs> jumped back on the, you know, on the, the bandwagon and, yeah. and wanted a family, you know. Yeah. Um, and just... It just takes a ton of courage, though. Yeah. It, I mean, I give you guys major props because I would do the same thing because um, that's important to me, too, a future family. But, like, still, that just that takes... Yeah. No pun intended, it takes balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? it, it did, yeah. Um, it's courageous. To just kind of step up to the plate again, yeah. knowing yeah. we could go through the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a beautiful story, but now, yeah, we just uh, welcomed our second son mm. into the world. and um, His name's Micah, and he was born a couple months ago. Mm. So we're just, we're so thrilled about him and yeah. this new life that we have and Almost, it's sort of like a first experience in a lot of ways yeah. of bringing a baby home yeah. and hearing our house with a baby in yeah. it. And yeah. we get to decorate the nursery finally yeah. and actually have a baby shower this time around. Yeah. Maybe it makes um, you cherish it even more. It does. You know, it did. I think going through this, um, this grief and with all this sorrow and stuff, it did give us a perspective that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think the other piece to it is I got to see a beautiful side of my wife that I would have never seen if we wouldn't go through, hadn't gone through this right, difficult right, right. season. No doubt. And like, so it's weird to even say that I can look back on this experience and say like, in some ways I'm grateful. Like mm -hmm. I would never sign up for this. Right. I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. Right, right. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Right. Like just those precious moments, the mm -hmm. memory, the how mm -hmm. I've been changed. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think, you know, at the beginning, Louisa and I really did have a choice, you know, because of what we were facing, I think we could either like become bitter and sort of medicate or run away mm -hmm. from this hard thing. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. Or we can kind of press in and step into the pain and allow ourselves to feel it mm. and really share it with other people. And that turned out to be 
life-saving mm. for me. Mm. Um, my wife is, I mean, she would choose to do it with a lot of people. My MO is to like isolate, <laughs> kind of check out, distance myself. And, you know, because we're together, mm-hmm. we kind of chose to invite people in. And mm-hmm. that saved me. Really? Serious. Let's talk about that because I think that uh, that's stereotypically masculine versus feminine you know, <laughs> or man versus woman, you know, uh, which is like guys like to isolate and, uh, shut down or, or, uh, and some women do too. That's why I say it's more of the masculine expression of like the masculine likes to put his blinders on and minimize a problem so it can figure out the solution to it. And, you know, tunnel vision, everything else where the, the feminine is all about like, let's share this, let's express it, let's talk about it. Let's fill up and fuel and experience all the different various emotions you know yeah but your natural instinct was to shut down and to kind yeah. of put your head in the sand or to run to run to like right don't talk about right. it right carry it on my own <clears throat> which was actually though the counterintuitively the the thing that you needed most was was what her instinct was which was to invite ask for help in. and yeah. invite people in and honestly like they they saved us they they i mean dropped off meal after meal they gave us cards notes mm texts i mean they really carried us mm. for months mm. um and again like I, I said earlier they weren't trying to dismiss all this stuff and yeah. have the right phrase and try and make it all right and neat and yeah. Yeah. pretty right um they're just like you know what this sucks and mm-hmm. we're with you and we want to talk about bennett we don't want to like just shy away from this ugly you know hard <clears throat> thing in your life right um, and that was really crucial to the healing process, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, which was what you just talking about it, vocalizing it. Yeah. Expressing what you're yeah. sharing, what we're matter. going through. Yeah. Um, having other people believe <clears throat> when we're like, there's no hope. There's no, what this sucks. Like yeah. I want to die. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is too painful. Yeah. Like I, there was days where I'm like, I, I don't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't take this. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after he had passed, we we're like, gosh, what, what do we have to live for? You know, yeah. it's just hard to see that when sure. you're by yourself <clears throat> and you just have one perspective when yeah. other people can say like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you're in the thick of it. Yeah. You got your blinders on for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and going back to Louisa and I's relationship, um, it was kind of scary because the doctor actually gave some statistics around how marriages don't work. Like because of issues like this, this mm. infant loss, mm. I mean, people just tend to just do this. Mm. And I don't know what it was. I, I would love to say like, oh yeah, I, I had the strategy and <laughs> you know, the, the foresight right. to, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know why, but we really leaned into one another. And like you were saying, just process together and yeah. it really this whole thing did bring us closer together and really did set even deeper roots mm. for our marriage. Mm. Um, sharing one another's pain and like getting to know the other person's heart yeah. on such a depth. Yeah. You know, what they're experiencing. And I mean, it's just unique. It isolates yeah. you. It can isolate you from everyone else, <clears throat> but it's like, oh, I have this other person who gets me exactly. Mm. They know mm. what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You can share that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was... That was Gift. I think it's a total gift, and I think it's also a gift for for Micah. Micah, say something. 
Bennett is our firstborn. Bennett. Micah is Micah. our so, second. So a huge value add to Micah as he grows and you share this with him because he will be your age one day, you know, having yeah. children uh, potentially and will go through just his own trials and tribulations that you do in this human experience and to, to be able like, you know what? I mean, a lot of times we be like, well, if mom and dad can do it or they went through something far worse, like, yeah. man, that, that just allows me to have a sense of anchoring to the like if they did it I can do it too and it, it can allow him to to be even stronger emotionally and in his faith I think as he grows older because he knows yeah the story right yeah he's got someone cool. that's sort of gone on a hard path before him <clears throat> yeah which I think is a value of why you would share it with him versus keeping it hush hush and yeah pretending like it hadn't happened which I know I've also heard of other stories of friends who like the losses happened and then people act like it didn't happen mm-hmm. you know um, it's like the elephant in the room. Yeah, that, that's that's been interesting. To, I mean, I certainly this is a lot to put on somebody. Yeah, but it comes up so much. Oh, is this your first son? When they look at our yeah. our yeah. second born. Yeah, and it's like, well, no. And there's a story there. People are like, oh, what? And yeah. so we give people a fifty thousand foot view, and it's been interesting to see what kind of connections have come up. It's like, you know what? I I lost a son, mm-hmm. or I had an abortion, and Mm-hmm. whatever and, mm-hmm. and I didn't tell anybody and it's been an interesting connecting point and I think our journey and our story has really allowed us to connect to certain people mm-hmm. in a completely different way than mm-hmm. if we didn't go through it so mm-hmm. again there's sort of this hindsight looking yeah. at it with a different lens of like not oh poor us like yeah. look what we it's <clears> like <throat> man we get to connect with and right. share right. other people's stories and journeys yeah. um, and can help right. in a way that we just couldn't if we didn't go totally. through it. Totally. Well, and I feel like some people too would, would potentially not want to bring it up. Like for you and Louisa, just because you don't want to make other people um, uncomfortable. You don't want yeah. to relive it. You don't like, maybe you get tired of like thinking about it. You're wanting to move on. But then by saying, oh yeah, this is our firstborn. But in your head, you're like, no, it's actually not. But then you feel like you're <clears throat> disrespecting Bennett. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that takes courage too. To actually say, no, it's not, you know, and then to be able to, to share that. But it actually brings, I mean, so much, I mean, vulnerability is just that power of connecting, of allowing you to connect with other people because then they actually open up yeah, about their story and it, and it breeds more and more connection and love and empathy and everything else versus, mm-hmm. you know, just putting it under the rug, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> I think what we try and do is just give people a 50,000 foot view and if they want to ask more questions, yeah. we're an open book. Yeah. We're happy yeah. to share more, but yeah. we don't want to like, again, push yeah. it on people. Totally. And, totally. But it is a way to honor his life. It's like, hey, his life mattered and he was here and we got to hold him yeah. and spend time with him. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's this piece that we get to carry on. Yeah. How was going through the, the second pregnancy? And the dealing with with that, and uh, it's like PTSD almost, right? And totally. not freaking out, you know, because <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit. I think maybe we did, but you know, I hiking Long's Peak, and I and I saw my buddy f- fall to his his death, and then me having to deal with doing other fourteeners and hiking and hearing people slip and like freaking out and realizing like oh. I have to work through my own. We all have, we don't all, but a lot of us do have those traumatic instances where. Where if something like that happens, then how do you make sure that you don't yeah. keep magnifying that experience, even though this is a completely different experience? Yeah. You know? So how do you <laughs> reliving that? that nightmare? Yeah. Um, 
I think a couple of things. We we got some great counsel mm. um, through a counselor did some EMDR because mm. um, they say that infant loss is a unique kind of grief and it's a grief that you never get over. Mm. Um, we, but we've read a lot of books and stuff and they say that's true but the sting each year gets maybe a little bit less. Yeah. So going through this new pregnancy there was a lot of, I mean it was still pretty fresh. Mm. I mean yeah. we had two kids under yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Um, which is a lot yeah. and so yeah there was a lot of freak outs and we were just trying to, again we've learned like through Bennett's life and passing we're just not in control mm. there's only so much we can do and at the end of the day you just say you know what yeah. we're doing we're being faithful to doing yeah. as much as we can Yeah. and there's a lot out of our, our control so yeah. I think that gave us a lot of peace you know Yeah. Um, and probably one of the bigger uh, blessings, I would say, maybe to come out of it for you guys, because I see that in all the work that I've done over the last decade with people. That is their their greatest addiction is control, hmm. and the sooner you let go of it, which is the hardest thing to do. Like we were talking about with Airbnb being my house or renting out my yeah. car, so like it, it just requires you to let go, yeah. you know. Um, and the sooner you can do that, the more you can just you know put forth your energy into things that truly matter and that you can actually control versus letting yeah. God do the rest. Yeah, it totally frees you. Know? you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, instead of just worrying. <clears throat> um, yeah, and I think through, yeah, our, our second one, I mean, we're human. Yeah. We had a lot of days where we were just anxious oh, and sure. over yeah. probably analyzing every little hiccup mm-hmm. that he happens in or, you know, in our new little guy and um, like well what is that is that normal is it not normal Um, but yeah I think we've learned some valuable lessons along the way that really helped us too yeah Yeah. so it's a little bit of both yeah and and, but allows you guys to probably cherish every little moment yeah it's funny I tell my wife too like you would think we would have like such a beautiful perspective all the time yeah but I'm human. I get frustrated. He sure. cries and I can't soothe, you know, Micah. And I'm like, what do you need? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think that, again, there is this perspective that you do get in a depth um, that just comes with having traveled through grief and through loss. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if you could really get to that perspective without going through it. I think hearing other people's journeys gives you a, a little bit of a different yeah, lens, yeah. but kind of traveling that road yeah. It, yeah we are appreciative and we I mean I think we're in trying to enjoy every moment we have because we just don't know yeah. I mean he's a healthy baby but tomorrow could be totally different yeah we just right. we have no idea yeah cherish cherish in the now while kind of relinquishing all control yeah <laughs> you talked about you changed Louisa changed your wife um, how, how have you changed as a result of this going through this yeah I this is interesting um I I told my employer what was going on um, through this diagnosis with our first son. Yeah. And I got let go about a week before our son arrived. Mm-hmm. So there's this eight-year track with this one company. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, just felt like left field. I'm like, you're kidding. This is the worst time in the world. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And really that job was pretty conducive to my a a little bit I'll call it a weakness for me is this people pleasing Mm. 
trying to keep up a facade, yeah. make sure that I'm presentable and I'm likable and um, trying to present this different version of myself to the world. Mm -hmm. And when my, when we went through this whole thing with our first son, Bennett, my give a crap meter just went like <laughs> to almost zero. Yeah. I got let go and I'm like, I don't even, I don't even care. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah. could care less. This is yeah. a job. Yeah. This is a joke. Yeah. Like, my son's going to die. Yeah. Like, do you not know what's going on in yeah. the world? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's this monumental shift yeah. that happened for me to kind of shake loose some of this people-pleasing and this, these identity pieces for me. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of set me on a new course in a lot of ways through some of that <laughs> where, you know, with the weight of what we had going on and we were traveling through, I just didn't, normal things didn't matter right. as much. Right. I'm like, money, okay? Like, it's money. Right. Like, is that all that right. we're chasing? Is the status, the title, the, yeah. all that yeah. stuff? It's yeah. like, it kind of reshifted <clears throat> your whole thinking and changes your values. Like, the, it doesn't change your values, but it changes like the, the barometer in which you yeah. value your values you yeah. know? and things that you thought were important. Yeah. Like a house and cars and money. Like you said, it's like, it really is meaningless when it comes to love and life and yeah, that sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Your faith. And yeah, I think so that, that was a big shift for me. Um, and I knew I was like a, what do we call it? Like a, recovering people pleaser yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think this really gave me a platform to stand on and almost a strength or an encouragement to say okay I don't have to show off how I did before yeah and traveling this road and leaning yeah. into pain yeah. I can I am changed yeah. I'm a new person yeah. and like I want to let this change me mm. in a good way yeah. um, so I think that was a really really big one for me um, besides the perspective and really changed a lot of our friendships too mm -hmm. you know when we we started going through this I mean some friends like they just wanted to go have fun mm -hmm. and I'm like that is not where I'm at right now like we're wrestling with them yeah. and they just didn't know how to embrace the pain sure. and so you just sort of <clears throat> you do I don't know. It, it sent us on a little bit of a different track than some of our friends and just evaluating relationships sure. and our time. Like, how are we actually connecting with people? Yeah. Is this a surface level connection that we really want to keep up or, and don't get me wrong. Some of that's great. Yeah. You know, that's connection for a lot of people and yeah. time. It's not meaningless. Right. But I think it just, again, the value, it put a value on, I want to connect with people. Yeah. I want to share this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that changed a lot too. Yeah. Through a lot of this. Yeah. I think that's uh yeah, super super powerful to to acknowledge that and to see um because that to see that it could change you like you said to the disempowered way. I mean, that was a choice. Yeah. It could be I could not be water in there, that could be all vodka. Yeah. You know, like you, you could go down that route. Yeah. Um it's a choice, or like yeah. you said you could you could lean in and I think that support, like you said, both with your, with your wife and, you know, certainly God and your friends and family is, makes all the difference. Cause I do feel like so many guys that I talk to who are really, really down in the dumps, they feel completely alone, completely isolated. And 
it only magnifies how horrible you feel. Yeah. You know, and I feel that certainly by myself at times, uh, in the quiet, you know, places of my own mind and my own home and stuff like that at times. But that's that's where you have to get into having the humility to reach out and say, I'm not doing so great and I need some support from whomever, right? So Yeah. That's humbling. Yeah. For sure. Really humble. It's hard. so hard to do. As a right. guy, too, you're for like, sure. oh, I don't want to ask for help yeah. or yeah. show people that, hey, I'm just going to break down. Like, I, I can't carry this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And keep a facade going. And, right. Gosh. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Really cool that, that you have, you know, taken what you've gone through and turned it into meaningful, empowering, and positive change, you know? Yeah, it's so interesting. It's it's kind of like there was another season in my life where I grew a lot, but it's one of those where you can't look at every day and be like, wow, I grew a ton yesterday. <laughs> but you look at the whole thing, you're like, whoa, I was a completely different person. Yeah. And these small little decisions yeah. or yeah. just weathering the storm well, Yeah. you know, a lot of it was out of my control. Mm-hmm. It was the help of my wife, help of community. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all me. Yeah. Um, really allowed me to be changed yeah yeah that's cool little yeah. little did you know that when you said i do that you were in oh for this <laughs> no idea in for this journey yeah. which is the you know the humbling and the adventurous part of life you know through the good and the bad and the highs and the lows right yeah life so, can be really hard <laughs> yeah yeah well and you also have this business now that's also kind of like another baby yeah <laughs> you know, yeah you have to nurture it you yeah. have to care for it you have to spend time almost every single day Trying to figure it all trying out. Trying to figure it all out, you know. So yeah. you were so you let go the the week before Bennett was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and at what point did you actually start to birth this idea? You know, again, it kind of there's a bigger story there, but um, to summarize it, our friends and family, huge gift. Yeah. Um, all got together, and after Bennett had passed, and they pooled some funds together. Mm. And they sent my wife and I on a trip to Europe for like 14 days, which oh, was man. so amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and it was, I mean, part of it, we're like, this seems so foolish. Like, how are we supposed to enjoy anything? We're in the middle of like grief. But it was such a gift to just get a different scenery, different change of pace. Long story short, we went to France and my wife saw these like breadboards that they had, these like vintage breadboards. Yeah. And we came home and she's like, can you make one of these for me? I was like, I have no idea how to do that. Sure. I've got time. Sure. I'm not working. Like, I have no idea, but sure. I don't have a job. we got a lot of recovering, time Recovering yeah. Uh, yes man. Yeah. People uh, please. I have no idea, but yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I, I tried it, made one, and all of her friends are like, wait, can I have one of those? Yeah. I'm like, sure. And then I bashed out a few more, yeah. and then it's yeah. sort of evolved into, um, you know, not just cutting boards and these bread boards, but... Mm-hmm little smaller pieces of furniture and some barn doors and some bigger and bigger projects. So it's been fun. You know, it's changing a lot and we're still totally unsure about what direction to head. I mean, you go from making pretty good money to like starting a business. That's, I mean, that's a hard swing financially. (laughs) Yep, been there. And so I think we're wrestling with some just big, life questions about what the path forward looks like can we make it with this little Mm -hmm. woodworking business Mm -hmm. which is a grind Mm -hmm. um but it's fun yeah um and i love it yeah 
and I, you know, I sort of stumbled upon this passion. And it's funny, like after losing my job, like I went back and looked at all these assessments and stuff. And, like I'm a big specialist. Yeah. And I'm like a guy who loves to like deep dive into something, master a skill, and like with woodworking. It's amazing. There's like an endless amount to learn. <laughs> of course. You know, yeah. videos to watch yeah. and techniques to try. Yeah. So much is, yeah. So I was going to say to your machines, yeah, so much that's dependent upon whatever tools you got. Oh, yeah. You know, and then there's endless tools that you can buy. Yeah. I think not I enough garage space. Totally. <laughs> I think I know my Christmas and birthday list for the rest of the, yeah. Yeah. For the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Some cool tools. Yeah. Um, that's cool, though. It's fun. And what a different uh, modality, if you will, um, of going from. You know, would you say technology, security? Yeah, security, software, sales. Software sales to work with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Would work a lot of pressure to, you know, diving yeah. into something. Yeah. You know, it's so reflective of this journey, too. I keep going back to it, but it's a big milestone in our lives. But um, it is a, a big reflection. Like, it was this fast-paced world before, keeping up with friends, doing a lot of fun stuff, my job, and then... You know, we found out about our son and his diagnosis and losing him. Our world just got small. Mm -hmm. That's your world. Mm -hmm. You're not focused on like, oh man, let's talk about retirement. Let's talk <laughs> about vacation, dreams and hopes and goals. Mm -hmm. It's like, how are we going to make it through today? Mm -hmm. And so I think your world gets small and this woodworking thing is sort of that for me too. It's yeah. like, there's not a ton of other people around. I can focus on what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, and watching something kind of slowly take shape yeah you know yeah. as yeah. you work on it and yeah. so there's this beautiful i think parallel um to sort of the season that we're in to sure. slower pace and simple simpler yeah. life yeah yeah it's cool yeah it has, it has been fun <laughs> i'm learning a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really really cool um what else did you have on there that you were open to chatting about um i think yeah, touch on a lot of the good points. Yeah, it do, it does. Good. You know, I think the other thing that uh, I've learned as we walk through this grief journey mm -hmm. or this painful uh, journey of loss, um, there's some cool analogies that we heard. One of like the shipwreck and kind of losing this comfortable vessel that you've been traveling on mm -hmm. for you know through life, and yeah. this other one of like kind of wandering through the desert and how sort of both of these in a sense are like this stripping away of the old. Yeah. And, you know, like what we talked about, it gives you a new perspective mm -hmm. having gone through something like this and mm -hmm. allowing it to change you um, and to kind of reform you into something hopefully, you know, better and instead of choosing that sort of right. easy button. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some, <clears throat> some good analogies through like wandering through the desert yeah. um, in our journey. Yeah. No doubt. If you were to kind of boil all that we've talked down, talked about down to your top one or top three biggest takeaways from <clears throat> the last several years of losing a child, well, let's just say getting married, getting pregnant, losing a child, you know, moving on from one career to a completely different one, having another child, you know, what would you say if you could if you could encompass some of the bigger life lessons that are really so priceless. What are you so grateful to have come out of this hmm. having garnered? I would say one of the biggest things for me is, 
And this goes against everything inside of me and my, like what I want to do is like that piece of don't do it alone. Mm. You just can't. Like if you isolate yourself, that's just a dangerous <clears throat> path. And like sharing this, you know, beautiful season with my wife of getting married and enjoying mm. our married life mm. and then starting our family. Mm. Yeah, it's painful, but um, really, you know, doing it with somebody else and then also this community we have yeah. is, I mean, invaluable. Yeah. Um, even just having like one good close friend is like so important who's willing to have a deeper relationship to just share and dive in and ask the hard questions. And um, that I think has been invaluable. Yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. And mm -hmm. the same thing that you said too, I, I resonated with about how just your, the way that you gauge <laughs> and the importance that we place on things completely shifted as a result of this. I, I've had my own challenges and yeah, you know, when you talk about, for me, I was thinking about like personal bankruptcy, you know, or, um, you know, failing at my business, you know, all that was like, meh, compared to losses of family members, you know, yeah. like, doesn't really compare, you know? So yeah, uh, ding my credit. Okay, you know, like know, yeah. there's there's so much uh, so much more important things in life than than that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to your point, it it comes back to really being clear of what your values are in life. You know, your faith, your family, love, your um, just connection to enjoying the moment and letting go of all the things that are really out of, out of your control, anyways. You know, mm -hmm. but we spend so much time focusing on likes and engagement on social media and, and you know so many things that really don't mean anything or 10 steps ahead and not living trying to be present right right yeah. right really really cool mm -hmm. well thank you for sharing your story with exactly. with me with those that'll listen and watch this um i really appreciate it because that what you've been through is again uh something like like you said but i would say too that you you would not wish upon your worst enemy and yet, it is part of that circle of life <clears throat> and to have the ability to come through this not only, um, you know, stronger, healthier in many different ways, uh, more compassionate, more empathetic, uh, uh, being able to love deeper, all those things that come as a result of going through pain, uh, it's just, it's really, really cool to see and it's inspiring. So, thank you. You bet. I would say too. I, I think it's uh, you look at pain versus suffering. Pain is you, you can't avoid it. You know. Yeah. The suffering is when you just uh, when you attempt to control things that are out of your control, <laughs> and you make it all about you. You know. And I think one of those things that 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 I've learned and that I also teach to other people is that to get out of suffering, you have to focus on something greater than yourself. Suffering is just a, a, a massive obsession with yourself and your current condition. Mm -hmm. And to ask for help, to, to give, or to you know, push yourself out of this monofocused you know, experience will help the healing process for anyone that might be going through a grieving you know, time in their life. Yeah. So. And we're always happy to connect with people who are on a similar journey or have a diagnosis or have had infant cool. loss. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think there's a unique connection, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when two people go through something very similar, yeah, it can be 
yeah, sort absolutely. of a bond. If people um, did want, yeah, I mean, that's really sweet to offer. If people were to want to connect with you or even if they lived in Denver, Colorado and wanted to work with you, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, I think on our website, um, if they go there, we've got an email. Okay. Um, you know, our website's geared towards the woodworking piece, but it's got a little bit of our story. And cool. I think there's an email where you can reach out to us that way. Cool. What's your website? Uh, theanderscollective.com. Okay. Theanderscollective.com. Yep. Cool. Cool. And, um, yeah, I think the other thing is my wife has written this beautiful blog and kept a log of mm. all these entries and she does a wonderful job beautifully kind of extracting all the feelings mm. and the wrestling and the hard and the good and the beauty and the so sad cool. through all of it. So yeah. if people want to read that, I'm happy to point them towards that as well. Cool. On a little bit more intimate level. Cool. I'll put that all in the, the show notes and things like that, so... Anyways, thank you so much. Thanks, John. And that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, I'd be honored if you'd share it on your favorite social platform. It also really helps to get the word out if you subscribe and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Something you think we could be doing better... I love constructive feedback as it's always welcome. And please feel free to email me at podcast at johnnyking.com with any questions or concerns. I'm also available on Instagram at johnnyking or on facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been awesome. And we'll catch up with you next time. Peace.